St. Martin's School Radio. And me, Patrick Farmer. We'll be keeping you up to date with all the latest news affecting our community today. For our first episode, we'll be giving you a brief overview of hot topic issues like the petrol shortages and shortages of delivery drivers, the backlog currently facing the NHS, and finally a brief discussion on the vaccination programme. This is St Martin's Radio. Oliver, we'll come to you first to try and explain what's going on with all the shortages. Thank you. The UK is currently dealing with a massive petrol issue at the moment. This is mainly occurring due to a lack of drivers at the moment. There's not currently a lack of petrol. This is mainly happening due to Brexit occurring and many drivers do live overseas making it harder for people to to acquire their visas to hop over to the UK as there is a lack of freedom of travel. Covid has also played a role as there is less demand for petrol drivers during 2020 but now there is a current surge in 2021 and it's harder to acquire them. The government is is trying to help us by introducing more visas, rationing petrol, telling people not to panic buy. However, signs are emerging that it will now get back to its normal supply again as there are more petrol drivers. Fiam will now talk about other shortages that are happening across the UK. Thank you very much, Ollie. Some supermarket chains up and down the country have experienced shortages in a range of products and people have even begun to notice that those products making it to the shelves are going bad much quicker due to the fact that they've been in transit for much longer. Weatherspoons are running low on beer supplies leading to some branches closing, however their main issue is the lowest price of toast which is a key breakfast menu item for the establishment. Nando's is having supply chain issues. Many aspects of their menu are running low on supplies such as wraps, chicken, chips and more leading to some branches closing down. And finally, Haribo is struggling to deliver to the UK. The popular confectionery brand is struggling to deliver their much-loved products to convenience stores, supermarkets and other establishments. I'm now going to open this up to discussion. So Patrick, with all of these shortages currently affecting us, have you been affected by any of this? Um, per- personally, due to, due to the issue of petrol shortages, um, obviously I, d- I don't drive, but my parents do, and I've, I once spent um, an, an hour queuing for, queuing for petrol outside, uh, outside of a local Morrison's in, in Gefili, and, uh, and the, sh- the sheer number of cars trying to get in, into the petrol station was enormous. Yeah, it's been all of the reports coming in of people queuing up outside petrol stations and garages have been absolutely wild. So, Oliver, with people hoarding and panic buying this petrol and stocking up in jerry cans, what do you think of this? Do you think it's right that people have been able to have this amount of petrol and keep it from the rest of the country? Well, no, not really. Like it's restricting other people from doing their doing their job and whatnot. Um, they're saying that key workers should be front and line. I think that they should because ambulances should be able to go like to and from wherever they need to go. Like they were talking on BBC how ambulances were really struggling to get petrol as like they can't stop halfway through because they're in the queue and then they can't go off and try and save someone's life or whatever. So it it's people just being selfish at the end of the day. Like in COVID, there were people pa- stop buying, um, panic buying pasta, toilet roll, etc. And the same thing has happened again. Um, I remember my dad was talking about this. There was a massive petrol shortage in the 80s. And thankfully, we haven't reached a a level of chaos um, on par with what happened in that time period because there were fights happening. 
um, rights, etc. It Strikes was, and everything. Yeah, thankfully a lot of people have more electric cars, so you could say there's maybe not as much demand, but more people do have like um, petrol or diesel cars in this country than opposed to electric cars. So it is still a massive, massive issue, but you know more people are environmentally friendly, so maybe people could see this as a way to go electric or use more public transport, but it is... It is something that should be should be sorted by the government, and they have put in measures, but more needs to be put in. That's definitely a good point. I think a lot of my neighbours, people live in my street, they've got electric cars, and I think especially this, people have seen how easy it is to struggle and fall short as soon as there's no petrol. So I think that's a really good point of the idea of going electric because of this. I know that you know my family, we've managed to be okay with the petrol shortages. We've been sensible we've been reasonable and we've made it through fine I think a lot of people have you know made it through okay as well but I know with the delivery drivers and people supplying to supermarkets we've been affected by that because you go into a supermarket and you can see that the shelves are visibly a lot bigger than they were before and like I said earlier with the food going bad much quicker we've noticed that with especially soft fruits like raspberries strawberries blueberries they'll go moldy and they'll go off a lot quicker which is disappointing because you know you've paid for that food and all of a sudden you can't eat that food but I think it's just people are gonna have to we're gonna learn and I think as soon as people start being reasonable start understanding that this is something that is affecting us like you said the back of COVID people were stockpiling then and I think as soon as people get over that initial panic of it hopefully the supplies will start to level out again and we'll start to see you know the shreds of normal normal normality coming back and Oliver I, I wanted to ask you what what is your opinion on the government's response to this HGV driver crisis with, with with the issue of temporary visas to foreign nationals well, it is good that like they are doing something in the short term to help do this, but I think in the long term, I don't think it's going to help out too much because at the end, I think even the EU has had major, major effects on this country. And many do say that it may improve in the long term and we can't guarantee that it, it will or will not. Like, we, it's, we can't see the future. We don't know what's going to happen. And this isn't a time of uncertainty. However, with all of this, that... Um, now, you know, in the, we voted for Brexit in Wales, like, unanimously. Well, maybe not unanimously, but it was very heavily favoured in Wales that we, that for Brexit, Caffili voted Brexit, etc. Yeah, that's true. So, people probably did think about the decision they were making, and with democracy we have to accept that, but this is an effect of Brexit that was seen to occur. There were Eddie Stover protests before the pandemic, before the Brexit, sorry, in 2017, 2018, of them um, putting more trucks between the borders of France and England, and the same thing has happened again. So, and I think with the government saying that they'll give temporary visas to drivers, I think it really shows that how much you know we did depend on you know migrant workers who were qualified for these jobs, like HGV drivers, which is as we've learned a very very highly skilled job. Not many people have these licenses. I think the fact that they're giving them temporary visas kind of shows that they're aware that we relied on other people from outside of our country to rely on it. And they're now just kind of realising that they've shot themselves in the foot here and they've kind of had to go back on themselves, hence the temporary visa, not permanent. Next, next on the show, we shall discuss the NHS backlog. 
The NHS is facing many challenges, even after COVID, with the backlog of patients waiting to be seen mounting. This is mainly due to COVID, but the NHS was already facing challenges before the pandemic in this manner. Some facts about the NHS backlog include waiting lists have been are up to 50% in some hospitals, mainly those in deprived areas. 7% have waited a year for non-essential treatment, with mental health being one of them. It's expected that 13 million people may be affected by this. Still go to the NHS if you need treatment, as, as putting it off could be dangerous for you. That could also make the, the backlog bigger, as the treatment you may need later down the line may take longer. Thanks for that, Patrick. Leading on from that, we'll be discussing the fact that 12 and 15-year-olds are now being vaccinated. This age group has taken the longest to be vaccinated, so there are a lot less health complications with people this age contracting COVID. Furthermore, as well as, you know, another reason it's taken this long is that there are issues and worries about the side effects that COVID vaccine might have on developing bodies. So put your minds at rest, we're now going to go to Patrick and Ollie just to answer some frequently asked questions to do with a vaccine, and especially with people this age getting it. So Pat, do you think the vaccine is safe? Yes, I believe they are safe. They have gone through many, many tests and are safe for our age group to have. Excellent. What about any side effects? What have you heard? Well, they're not. Well, they are not likely to occur. Yes, there are some. Some can be minor, such as temperature or shivering, with them having a one in ten chance of occurring. Whilst others could be fatal, like blood clots, but those cases are highly uncommon to occur. Ollie, will I be fully immune? Um, no, you will not be fully immune as it's still very likely that you can still contract COVID even if you have been double vaccinated. It just makes you very unlikely to go into hospital and die of the, of the thing. If, I'm, if I am unlikely to die of COVID anyway, why do I need it? Well, it is unlikely you will be hospitalised. The main reason this age group is getting vaccinated is mainly due to the protection of other age groups and to make sure that everyone stays protected. Sorry. Many people of this age group, of the older age groups, their vaccines now starting to wear off, which is why a third jab has been introduced. So this double jab of younger people will now start to protect those ages as well as them getting their third. The question I have for you, Patrick, is what if it happens if I choose not to have the vaccine? Well, it is it is your own choice. COVID passes will be used in Wales soon, which if you're not vaccinated will mean you need to give yourself a COVID test before end- entering sports events like football and rugby matches. Well, seeing as we've been discussing 12 to 15 year olds getting the vaccines, our age group is a bit older and most of us have already had our first vaccine. So, Ollie, how did you experience it? What was your first vaccine like? I had a pretty good experience getting my vaccine. Um, I went to Potnam Fife Leisure Centre to get mine since I live quite... You got yours out there as well? Yeah, me too. Oh, there we go. So I think it was about 3rd of September. I can't, I can't remember exactly. But I went there and I just got a single jab. It didn't take too long, but I actually have quite a big fear of needles. So it did feel a bit uncomfortable. But other than that, it, it was pretty okay. I waited the 15 minutes, so... Did you get any side effects the next day? Um, bit of a dead arm, but that was about it. Like, if you consider, like, what the health benefits compared to the side effects that like, you may get slightly afterwards, like, it, it definitely outweighs it. It was worth it. Well, mine was quite similar to that. I also went to Putnam Fife. Um, I forgot to take any form of ID with me. So I had the vaccination letter, but I didn't have a passport. So we got held up slightly, but it was fine. We were still able to go in and I got it done. The woman who did it was absolutely lovely. We had a nice little talk about what we'd done over the summer holidays. And then, yeah, I got a sticker. The sticker didn't last very long. It wasn't very sticky, but still, it made me happy. Anyway, so, yeah, same as Ollie. I didn't really get any side effects. I had a bit of a dead arm while I was waiting that 15 minutes. But the next day I was fine. Hurt a bit to sleep on, but that was it, really. Nothing majorly concerning. So, Patrick, was yours any yeah. different? Um, I didn't I didn't really have any um, 
different side effects compared to you two. I, I again, I had a bit of a dead arm. I, I went to a new bridge leisure center and I, uh, and I did the same thing as I'm sure many other six, 16 and 17 year olds have done. Then show, show up for my ID, get, get the vaccine, wait for 15 minutes, get the, get a nice little sticker, then, then basically, basically just go home. And, and I'm sure, and I'm sure it won't be different for any of the 12 to 15 year olds who, who are currently listening to this. Well, thanks very much for listening today. We hope you've taken something away from our podcast and hope we'll be back next time after the half tim. I've been Fionn Edwards. I've been Oliver Perry. And I've been Patrick Farmer. From St. Martin's Studios, this has been St. Martin's Radio. St. Martin's School Radio.